0: welcome to the worst of the best podcast
1: you wanted the best well they didn't freaking make it so here's what you get from canada and florida ryan and drew Drew. Welcome everybody. This is the worst of the best podcast. I'm your host. So as you just heard in the intro, today we have our guest host again. And this is your sixth time. I don't know why we're counting. Maybe we should stop counting at some point. But the sixth time you've been on the show, Drew, welcome to the worst of the best podcast. And Drew, welcome to uh, guesting today.
0: I think we do need to keep counting. I mean, I've got notches on my bedpost. I don't know how you're handling this. Sixth time. It's a pleasure. I appreciate the invite.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely welcome, and I'm glad I'm making some marks on your bed. I don't know how I feel about that, but...
0: Uh... Well, where else would I mark?
1: <laughs> I don't know. All right. Uh, Drew, do you have any favorite teachers that you remember growing up with or teachers that you really liked?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I had a fifth grade teacher who gave me a bunny, so I had a pet bunny after that. I had an eighth grade teacher. I really appreciated his history class. I learned a lot there. Those would be the two that really stand out. What about you?
1: Well, I had a grade five teacher that used to smoke pipes in class. That was fun. Uh, I think he waited until we were at recess but we came back to the classroom full of tobacco smoke from the pipe back in the day. And then when I was in grade 12, I had a crush on a student teacher. She just got out of university. So now I'm a 17-year-old teenager. and She's 22. (laughs) Oh, Miss Shaw.
0: It seemed very appropriate. It wasn't too much of a hurdle.
1: No, I mean, she was in her early 20s. I was 17. And her name was Miss Shaw. And I tell you, man, I had never in my life ever looked forward to learning math, but I was more than happy to attend that class every day.
0: Wow, that's quite a, uh, you know, an added appeal to a math class. All of my math teachers were math teachers, <laughs> pencil neck geeks, if you will. Maybe why I didn't pursue that further.
1: So for today's topic, you would think that we're going to talk about teachers who had maybe bad affairs with their students. Because believe it or not, Drew, those things do happen. Teachers do have affairs with their young students.
0: I've heard of it from time to time. I'm a little bit that haven't experienced it personally.
1: No, I haven't. So if Ms. Shaw ever decided to ask me on a date back in 1993. Yes, I'm old. Uh, I would have been more than happy to say yes, but no, alas, there's no scandal in Ryan's life or or Miss Shaw's life. She was a great teacher. This topic, though, is the opposite. These teachers were not fired for those things. They were fired for more silly reasons. So these teachers were fired for unfair reasons or not very good reasons. We got 10 here, 10 true stories of teachers who were fired for reasons that I think, personally, don't stand.
0: We're going to pick out the worst. What does the worst mean amongst the, are we talking about the most unfair? I think the- so.
1: I think the one that this really should not have been firing. There's some maybe behaviors or things that maybe, and if you're in a professional field, yes, you should be careful. And so even with my podcasting, yes, I obviously don't, uh, I don't have a hate podcast. I don't talk derogatory about genders or races or religions. So, but I'm mindful of my own podcast of things that I say and do that could affect my job. There are some things and maybe some things here that teachers are, you know, who work in the public forum might not or should not have done. I think there is going to be at least one where that's probably not a good reason why to get fired. We're going to talk about these 10 firings and their stories and which one we think is the worst. Let's do it. Let's talk about Carla. Carla was a elementary school teacher in a small Mexican town when she took a short vacation to Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. If you know anything about Cabo, you know it's a fun place where you can unwind, and that's exactly what she did. So she was wearing a bikini and she entered and won, good for her, a dance competition, earning herself two hundred and sixty dollars. Dancing was twerking and moving in a maybe a provocative manner. And it's on the internet. So if you want to find this, you can find Carla, the twerking teacher. You can Google it. (laughs) Carla, when she did this, she didn't think anything of it at the time when she competed that this would cause an issue. She packed up her stuff. She went home. But when she got back to her school, she was fired. She spoke to the news after her firing. She said, quote, I was singled out as immoral, called immature and a whore. Ugh. And I'm not doing anything wrong, she says. It's a dance competition, and participating in it does not define me as a person. I'm not naked, and she wasn't, or having sex, and she didn't, and much less consuming drugs or disrespecting anyone. So, yeah, she pretty much put on a 2020 halftime show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Those women didn't have the weight and responsibility of going back to their jobs as elementary school teachers. The Shakiras and JLo's don't have that burden.
1: No, but it is kind of funny. She basically did that. She basically did a halftime show.
0: Being a teacher means, I would imagine, it means slightly different things in different countries. I think this might be the only story that we're going to address that happened in Mexico. Both the twerking and the working
1: happened in mexico you see what i did there yes Uh, yeah you should not twerk where you work
0: (laughs) (laughs) we have to set some standards i think uh, working and twerking have to be kept separate in their own worlds this one whatever the policies and procedures that she may have signed up for when she took her job in mexico that may have some sort of a blanket character clause and oftentimes if you sign up for one of those things you don't get to decide what is the character deficiency when you get terminated for that. At the end of the day, the internet is not helping these matters because if it sort of went viral and someone caught on, it may have not been her intention for that to happen.
1: Yeah, that's the crazy thing. You're absolutely right, is had this happened 20 years ago, she did the exact same thing, won the exact same contest, her bosses would never have known. There would have been no film. It would have just been a, a show and she would have won it and gone home.
0: Exactly. And the fact that this got out and ruined her career at that place, it's just all unfortunate. For whatever reason, you might ask what was the compensation for her for signing up for such a restrictive character clause? Likely it was was nothing. She didn't get anything more in her salary for signing up to sort of limit her social life in that way. And that certainly is what they perceived it to be, was a limitation on her social activities. Uh, I did not watch the video. God bless Carla, is all I have to say.
1: Yeah, God. for sure. Twerk all you want. I don't care. All right, number nine.
0: So this one is about a woman named Monica. She was an employee of a uh, Christian school, the Covenant Christian School in Palm Bay, Florida. So this will be the first of couple of incidents that we're going to talk about that occurred in what is my current residence of uh, the state of Florida Now, before I get into this, I did want to approach it with you as we talk about wild and crazy stories coming out of Florida. Are you familiar (laughs) with the Florida man, Ryan?
1: The Florida man?
0: I'm familiar with the hashtag Florida man or the stories on social media that have to do with people from Florida doing wild and crazy things.
1: Yeah, there's an old adage. If you give a headline to a crime or an activity, did this happen in Germany or Florida? That's kind of the joke.
0: Is that the joke? Okay, so you feel like everyone that you know sort of understands that joke.
1: And I have a theory why Florida is so crazy. Give it to me. Or it attracts the crazy because it's the temperatures. People are out all the time and they can facilitate. A lot of people who maybe don't need a residence or an actual permanent residence, you can live comfortably out in the open for a lot of the time of the year, throughout the year. And it just kind of attracts people like, look – How should I say this? If you're going to be homeless, Florida's not a bad place to be because of the temperature.
0: I do think that you have a certain point about that. You're right. If you are involuntarily homeless, try to find a way to Florida for that. Can't say that I can disagree with that
1: much. I'm not trying to. alienate our homeless listeners to the show but what i'm saying what i'm saying is you is, apologize
0: to the homeless listeners before you apologize to the florida listeners
1: yeah of course <laughs> because it's not their fault that they might be homeless it's your fault that you're in florida but the point <laughs> the point is is that well you're not going to live where i'm living right now where it's you know sub-zero temperatures right now you go to florida where you can comfortably walk around with your shorts
0: Well, that's a very reasonable person's take on it. Florida is a place, at least within the states, that does get the brunt of a little bit of attention. Florida and New Jersey get that bad attention. To jump into this story here, this would be the story of Monica. Monica was a teacher in Palm Bay. This is a very, very recent story. It actually went down in 2019. She was called into her school administrator's office. She was a teacher who was a theater teacher, and she worked on the plays at the school. So just to sort of set up what kind of person this was and maybe what you would imagine about stereotypes and whatnot, she was called into the administrator's office and she was immediately outed for being a lesbian. She had not lived her life as a lesbian, she had kept that private. That was her decision. And she was working at a school where maybe she knew that that would not be understood in the right way. And so she was immediately fired because they had discovered through a number of different avenues that she had, despite being in the closet, that she was a lesbian. She'd engaged in these activities. This was termination that was immediate. And it was apparently in accordance with the state's laws at the time and as they currently stand, because it was only in October of last year, she is suing for you know unlawful termination or for wrongful termination. There's actually not a whole lot of hope for success. So she may get a settlement of some sort. But So this was someone who not only lost their job, but they lost the ability to have their the agency over whether or not they were going to tell people that they were out. She lost both of those things in one fell swoop. And that was in brevard county on the east coast of florida i'm on the west coast of florida so maybe that uh shelters me from scrutiny for this one
1: now that she's out of the closet she can go into hillary's cabinet <laughs>
0: <laughs> a callback to a recent episode that we had now hillary the lesbian uh,
1: was- <laughs> so, goodness. you know i was waiting for you to be done to tell that joke i was just biting my tongue
0: how that you thought that the teacher on our list named monica should be partners with Hillary. What I want to point out.
1: That's tough luck for her. That's tough luck for her. Not nah, this one. <laughs> okay. All right. So this is number 8. Most people expect the teachers watching over their children to be of good moral judgment. And while it's not necessarily immoral to film yourself having sex, few parents would be pleased to learn that their child's teacher was a porn star. That's right. That's what happened in 2016 when the University of Manchester learned that that one of its professors had been involved in filming pornography a decade ago. His name is Nicholas Goddard. He's an Oxford-educated chemical engineering teacher, and he just went through a stressful divorce, so he turned to porn as an outlet, as one does. The university suspended him immediately. And if you search for Goddard online, which I did not, and by all means, if you want to, you may, dear listeners, you'll find that the then 60-year-old professor appeared in dozens of films, often with women, quote-unquote women, 40 years as junior, under the pseudonym Old Nick. As that was the age of most of his students, it's no wonder the university took action when his pornography career came to light. With the suspension active, Goddard stepped down, and resigned from his teaching position. He wasn't technically fired, but he knew he eventually would be, and he opted to take control of the situation, and he returned to doing pornography.
0: If you've got it, flaunt it. <laughs> That's what this fan did. He followed the golden rule. This is interesting. Yeah. This, okay, so this is not in Florida, not in Mexico. This is in England?
1: University okay. of Manchester. Okay. Oxford educated. I see the picture of this guy here. He looks like John Malkovich.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What I took away from this was that it was just go Goddard. I am team Goddard. If he can lose his job at the University of Manchester and just slide back into a role of fornicating with women 40 years his junior, go Goddard, go.
1: Yeah, no kidding, eh? So, yeah, he's back to doing it. You know, he's going to do it till, uh, till I guess he doesn't get the call anymore. So good for him. Bless, bless his heart. <laughs>
0: bless his heart. To me, this just seems a success for all parties involved. <laughs> <laughs> I'll move on to uh, number seven here. This is an interesting one, and th- this will sort of start into maybe some of the uh, – well, I-, I can sort of – Understand this one to be somewhat reasonable. This is a woman named Allison. Allison was working as a substitute art teacher at a school in Michigan. This wasn't even like a full time staff member, and it wasn't a drama teacher. This was a substitute teacher, right? So she was working at this Michigan middle school, and as you know, middle schoolers are sort of different than older or younger students. They're just very inquisitive about a, a wide number of things. But because they're middle schoolers, you may have to be sensitive about which topics you allow yourself to chat with them about. And so that's what happened in this case. She was teaching Georgia O'Keeffe's artwork. Georgia O'Keeffe is a famous artist who was well known to draw Uh, or to paint flowers. Now, were you familiar with Georgia O'Keeffe before you read the story,
1: Ryan? Uh, No, I, I, no, I'm not that up with uh, painters and and stuff, especially flower painters, but yeah, good for him. Yeah.
0: Very good. I'll go on to say that at some point, some student asked this substitute art teacher, well, what do you, what can you tell me about these paintings? I would say rather unprovoked the substitute art teacher said these flower paintings are meant to look like vaginas (laughs) you know we don't know the entire extent of the conversation but this was a conversation between a woman who did not regularly teach this class and a child that she did not know very well in any sense of the word So she answered the question in that manner. She was immediately uh, called in to speak with the administrators and she was let go that she violated the school's policy of discussing reproductive health without prior approval. Now, this is the understandable part of this. I do not feel from talking of this story, even if it is a widely accepted interpretation of Georgia O'Keeffe's work, that the flowers were meant to look like vaginas – I don't really know what that child has to say for you to think that you need to discuss that with them right then, right there.
1: It sure puts another uh, meaning to stop, smelling <laughs> stop and smell the flowers.
0: Stop and smell the Oh, Ryan, you were waiting so long for that one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, boy. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So I guess the end of the story here is she was not a health professional. and She was you know, leaning towards a sexual education talk, and that was not her uh, purview to do that kind of talk.
0: And that's understandable. What I can recall from sexual education courses when I was younger was you always knew when you were walking into that room where you were going to have those discussions, right? You always knew that this was your health class and this was your health teacher. And to just have an art teacher, kind of throw that out there.
1: <laughs> you knew when you're walking into the sex ed class when you saw the banana on the counter. <laughs>
0: Maybe they do things slightly different in our countries, but uh, that's the one consistency, right?
1: It was in grade seven or eight. I call it eighth grade or seventh grade or whatever. But yeah, it was sex ed, and they had a banana. They used the banana, of course, to show how to put on a condom. But then afterwards, we had cooking class, and we used that same banana to make muffins. <laughs> <laughs> Waste not want not in Canada.
0: It was okay. a multi purpose banana. Yeah.
1: I no mean. <laughs> okay. kidding. Okay. We're going to now make our way to Russia. That's right. Victoria Pup. Popova was a teacher at School number 7 in Omsk, Russia until some of her photos were found online. Pictures didn't show her doing anything naughty or nasty. She was simply wearing a bathing suit. Popova had posted pictures of herself modeling swimwear on her Instagram page. And for that, she was fired for, quote, bringing her school and profession into disrepute. The firing sparked outrage on social media, and within short order, more than 3,000 other women and teachers posted pictures online of themselves in bikinis and other swimwear with the hashtag, Teachers Are People Too. And uh, I might have to search that. Interestingly, this was one situation where the social media outrage may have worked. When the swimsuit photos began posting all over the internet, ops that's O-M-S-K region, government made an announcement that Popova could return to her job. The government issued a statement, quote, the question of Victoria's future employment has been decided. That sounds very Russian. She may decide to work as a teacher, either at this school or another one. (laughs) End quote. Though this was undoubtedly good news, other options popped up as a result of the controversial firing because she was quickly courted by the modeling agency Plus Size Omsk. So she went on to be a model after all because of this controversy.
0: Again, uh, another example of, of one of these teachers that lost their lucrative, glorifying teaching jobs and tripped into a much better profession. Am I right?
1: Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. So, well, one went into the adult industry. The other one just posted nice, nice pictures of herself and plus-sized clothing.
0: Right, right we have little understanding I would imagine both of us have little understanding of what sort of character clauses may be built into a Russian teaching contract. I don't feel like I have a firm handle on what their morals are and uh, sort of what the social purview would be over Instagram modeling for a teacher there. I have an inclination that it may be more restrictive than what we have here in the States or what you may have in Canada.
1: Yeah, uh, probably because it's Russia. It's weird because again, I have Instagram. You can, if you want to follow me on Instagram, people can. But there's a picture of me without my shirt on at poolside, and again, I'm in the military. I have a government position. Is that is that provocative? Because I'm shirtless. You know, it's kind of silly that she was. Yeah, you get the point.
0: It turned me on, Ryan. But I don't know.
1: Well, I appreciate that. I had well, I have that effect on people. Usually, it is men. I don't know why, but maybe some girls feel the same way too.
0: <laughs> Number five. This is a guy named John Maxwell. This is a different one. So we've talked about a lot of different promiscuity related or personal life related drama that bleeds into your occupation. This one is strictly on the job. John Maxwell is a sixth grade teacher at a middle school in Omaha, Nebraska. He was very good at his job. His students all loved him. He'd been there for a long time. One day he decided to do something different. He brought in a vial of mercury from his, I guess, his personal mercury collection. (laughs) Uh, How many of us have this? But he brought it in to show his students. Apparently he was not being supplied with mercury at the school. So he brought in a vial of mercury for his students. He was passing it around the class. What do you think? Some dumb sixth grader dropped it dropped the vial of mercury, and started to leak on the floor. He immediately cleaned it up. I think it says here he cleaned it up with a paper towel, and it was about the size of a nickel. So not a lot of mercury, but really who knows what the repercussions would have been. He cleaned it up, and apparently he did not immediately report it in all of the right ways. The next day, the principal learned of the accident and called him in because a concerned parent told him, Hey, my kid told me that there was mercury spill in class today. Well, that's a little bit more unusual than your regular Tuesday. The teacher was terminated because he did not go through the proper policies and procedures of reporting a mercury spill and having it cleaned up by the right authorities. Uh, yeah. You sort of see how this is different than the others.
1: Yeah, well, of course. Yeah, this was just... He probably shouldn't have brought in mercury. That's probably... It's unsafe. It is a very dangerous chemical.
0: Even though he is a science teacher, he may or may not be the sort of professional that is well-trained in chemical cleanup. There would be some professionals called in. However, he decided to clean it up off of the floor, there would have been some residue or some seepage. And if he eliminated the physical traces of it, what was still going on? And maybe he did not want to have to explain that he brought in his personal mercury collection for show and tell that uh, it's not it's out of the ordinary. That's the story of this fellow, Mr. John Maxwell from Omaha, Nebraska, terminated cleaning up mercury.
1: Yeah, spoiler alert, I mean, this isn't going to be my least picked meaning the worst meaning that there's no reason he should have been fired. Endangering children's lives is pretty bad. <laughs> His intention wasn't malicious, but But sometimes things are avoidable, like nobody told him to bring that mercury in and he, in fact, shouldn't have brought it in. And it was one of those things where this didn't have to happen.
0: (laughs) I'm now thinking that it would lead to probably years down the line, every teacher in that school getting a one hour mandatory meeting on mercury cleanup and everyone sitting around wonders what had to happen for them to be constantly reminding me about how to deal with mercury spills. And that's just the history of that school. (laughs) Now everybody that goes to that school has to learn about how to clean up mercury and how to report mercury spills. And they go, what happened here?
1: (laughs) Well, speaking of child safety, this next one is talking about just that. This is number four. So when you're working at a daycare center, As you would imagine, it's important to ensure the safety of the children that are present. So that's especially true when a fire breaks out, which is exactly what happened at a Florida daycare center where Michelle Hammock worked. Not wanting to see a bunch of children die from smoke inhalation and, you know, being burnt to death, Hammock rushed into action. She grabbed fire extinguisher, put out the flames, saving all the children in the room, and had the fire spread possibly the entire daycare center. And was she lauded a hero? Nope, she was fired a few hours later. And the reason she was terminated is, I think, a little bit baffling because her boss fired her for leaving the children in her room unattended. She did that so she could put out the fire, suggesting... The daycare manager would have preferred she watched the fire spread from another room instead of putting it out. And what's worse is there's no ambiguity about why she was fired. Her boss explained her termination in the interview saying, quote, I fired her only because she left her room. It's not acceptable. And if anybody else does the same thing, I will fire again. I will fire them. No question. End quote. So basically, she put the kids into a safe room that wasn't on fire so she could go fight the fire in a different room.
0: That's my understanding. Yeah. Yeah. This is a daycare. This isn't even a school, right? It's likely the most at will of employment situations. This fellow wanted to get rid of one of his daycare employees. He's going to do it for whatever reason he wants to.
1: Yeah, he sounds like a really nice guy to work for. I just can't
0: imagine that he really cares that much. Probably has a rotating cast of people working at the daycare. I don't know what his motives would have been. She did a good thing. Maybe insurance.
1: Uh, Who knows? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Ready for number Uh, three.
0: Yeah, I'm ready for number three. Just so that we're keeping track out of this list of 10. We've now talked about two from Florida. I'm going to throw in a third, just sort of pile on here. This is a woman named Diane. And honestly, this is a story that I had heard of before. Mm-hmm. This is a story that came out of 2018. This woman, Diane, works uh, or was a teacher at a school in Port St. Lucie in Florida for about 17 years. It was a K through eight school. She had students from like a, a large range, but she generally was teaching social studies to eighth graders. Social studies to eighth graders, as I said previously, that was one of my favorite two teachers that I had, was a history social studies class. She was fired because she had students in her class that did not turn in any work whatsoever, zero homework. I don't know what to say about the student that would do that, would just not do anything. It would occur to me that perhaps they would have gotten kicked out of that school prior to doing this sort of thing, or they just turn in no work at all. But anyways, she would actually give zero percents on the final grades to students that didn't turn in any work. However, in her school handbook, there was a big clause that stated no zeros, lowest possible grade is 50%. And it was in all caps, and it was in red ink. And they were dictating to the teachers that they could not give 0% credit for 0% work. This woman was eventually terminated in September of 2018 because she had the gall to give 0% credit for 0% work. I don't know what it took for a student to think that they could do nothing. You would imagine that there would be something that would be given to them during class that they would actually turn back in. (laughs) <laughs> she famously left a message on the school's chalkboard or posted it on social media. And the message said, bye, kids. Mrs. Toronto loves you and wishes you the best in life. I have been fired for refusing to give you 50% for not handing anything in. Love, Mrs. Toronto. That was her going away message to her students and so now she's been slapped with a chokehold, a cease and desist for talking about, you know, disparaging school and whatnot. It's just an ongoing misery for a student that actually wanted to hold her students accountable in the way that they should be. They're, they're not learning anything about life if they get a 50 percent for turning nothing in.
1: Everyone gets a medal.
0: <laughs> Here in Port St. Lucie, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, even if you're Rush Limbaugh, you get a medal. Everyone gets a medal
0: lots of callbacks to our Hillary Clinton episode you must
1: like that one it's still on my mind for some reason go figure <laughs> all right number two private religious schools often as you know have a morality and lifestyle clauses in their contracts we talked about this already and so when a teacher or other employees is found to have broken one of those clauses they are often terminated but even when this happens it's usually unfair and it, it's kind of ridiculous and this happened for one teacher. It became a reality after she became pregnant by her fiance. No, it's not that she wasn't allowed to get pregnant. Terry James was employed at San Diego Christian College, and she did sign the lifestyle contract, which in part said that she must refrain from premarital sex, as that was the school's standing as it's related to living a supposedly holy lifestyle. So it was, you know, going well and good for Miss James right up to the point she became pregnant. And that wasn't something she could hide, obviously. So as a result, the school terminated her for having premarital sex. But that's not the end of the story. When she left the school, the job was offered to the man who impregnated her.
0: (laughs) That's wild. That's
1: wild. The man being her fiancé, who was also engaged in the premarital sex. That's weird for a Christian school to uh, be... Patriarchal in that way. This was a perfect example of the disparity of treatment for women and men when it comes to those uh, so called lifestyle morality clauses and contracts. So, women are often fired over wearing bathing suits while men aren't. And, like I said before, I'm wearing a bathing suit and I don't think I should ever be fired because of it, neither show a woman. As seen as men can't become pregnant, James was singled out. They don't care that they had premarital sex, they just don't want to have evidence of it on their staff.
0: Yeah, I think it's one of these, they decide what your character clause means, and for them, it is very image-based. If you are going to be an ambassador for that school, and in the sense that you're a teacher, you're an ambassador for the brand, yeah, sure. The sort of thing that sort of surprised me is that it's San Diego, which is not known in America to be a conservative haven of any sorts. And it's also a larger city it's surprising to me that there would be such a small community of teachers that they could have hired that they wound up hiring the fiance (laughs) that's weird that was the wild twist at the end of that but i can totally imagine that for a male you'd sign up for that clause every day all day it would be unlikely that you would get punished for it but for a female you've got the obvious short end of the stick on that unfortunately it's completely allowable again in these states that are at will employment there's nothing you can do it's and why would you want to if these people are going to be so contentious you're going to really hate your job i believe best to sort take your lump and move on there's probably plenty of places that she can work as a pregnant teacher i had pregnant teachers growing up that's a thing
1: it happens. Sure. Why not?
0: Yeah. We'll get on to number one here. This one is a very reasonable situation that was got out of hand and was taken the wrong way. This is a woman named Jennifer. Jennifer was a teacher at a high school in Tennessee. So she was dealing with an older level of student that had different sorts of problems than elementary school students or the middle school students. What she was well known for was taking very good care of her students, both in the classroom and out of the classroom. Jennifer was known on separate occasions to take her students to the hospital if they needed to go to the hospital at on at least one occasion she took a pregnant student to the hospital in order to save the life of the student and the baby at, at times she would take a student to the emergency room and she would pay the bills of that student either because she knew that the student and the parents could not do so or just kind of her heart sort of thing in this litigious society that we live in and in this highly particular society that we live in, it was eventually discovered that she was overreaching in her duties as a teacher. And this is something that I can understand. And this is something that makes sense to me for Tennessee, especially a rural community in Tennessee. Oftentimes a teacher, no matter who they might be or what class they might be, may be one of the most trusted people in that student's life. And if they felt like they just did not have resources outside of their family, maybe their family was not much of a resource for them, that they would turn to a student to try and help them with these things. And this teacher, probably acknowledging the reality of the society that she was in in whatever Tennessee city, just realized that if she did not do this thing to help this student, no one would. She probably knew that. So that's why she went above and beyond and she was eventually terminated for it. She was not terminated, actually. She was forced to resign. And it was one of these things where as soon as she resigned, there was gigantic outpouring of support for her because it was one of these situations where maybe the parents of that particular student were upset that she had gone out of her way, but the society as a whole knew that she had done out of the kindness of her heart. There was no malice. I mean, how could there be in these sorts of acts? She was just trying to help students that she thought were in need.
1: Wow, there you go. Man, this is tough. There's a There's a couple in my head that I'm thinking... Ugh, this is going to be tough to pick the worst reason to be fired. Could I
0: ask you a question, especially with this Jennifer situation? Do you feel like the Jennifer situation, do you think feel like that could happen in Canada?
1: Meaning what, what part of it, sorry? The
0: uh, this sort of thing where this teacher sort of goes out of her way to help a student in a small town. She acts as more than a teacher. She acts as like a surrogate mother or some a private benefactor in certain instances. No, the-
1: because of our healthcare system here, it wouldn't be, anyone could just walk into a clinic and you're you're just kind of covered. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so because both of these instances have to do with hospital bills.
1: <laughs> when I was younger and when I was watching TV, I would watch you know shows like ER or or whatever it might be, and anytime a. I talked about uh, somebody not being able to afford the hospital costs or something came up regarding hospital costs. I remember thinking as a young uh, Canadian, like, what are they talking about? <laughs> Why is this an issue? Just go to the doctor, get fixed and go home. For example, when I was a newly married individual in my early 20s and I had young kids, uh, I, had, I was a, st- a starving student. I had a young children. I was delivering pizza and I was going to college. When my wife at the time had her sons. I walked in and we walked in and out of the hospital. We never saw one piece of paperwork other than sign the birth certificate.
0: In that sense, how do the doctors afford Four houses and three boats and seven cars.
1: I don't think they're as rich. It depends if they're specialists or not. Doctors are still very uh, – I, well, I hate the term well-to-do, but yes, they, they are, they're making more than the bus driver. Like We're not a communist country. You know, If you go to school and, and you do the work and the education and then you work the long hours and you're helping a lot of people, they're supported by the government. The taxes, it's just the same way the military – taxpayers pay the military service pay the public school systems. And that's the same thing. It's just we throw the hospital into the same thing. But how it works, though, is you pay what you can afford. So the tax bracket that I was in as a young married person at the time, we paid a nominal amount. I think it was I think it was free because we were under a certain tax bracket. So it didn't cost us anything. But yes, with the more money you make, you would pay a stipend from your income into the hospital coffers, so to speak. So yes, when you make money, you pay more medical. It's like insurance. We call it health insurance. Insurance. Uh, we don't call it medical insurance, but it's basically it goes. It's kind of with those things like, yeah, if you're poor, you get free, free healthcare.
0: One of these days, we'll figure it out, Ryan. One of
1: these days. It seems to work. I've had a couple of kidney stones. I have had appendicitis. I have six children now. I've had kids that have to go to the hospital. Well, my second son had a pneumonia. He was on a breathing machine for when he was uh, when he was just a few months old for 10 days. It cost the hospital $1,000 a day here's the funny thing. Okay. I was in the States for four years with the military. So this is now my second marriage. I was in the States and with my, with my current wife, my second wife, we had twins and we had these twins. They were born in the States. I've had three children born in the U S. So I have three U S children. And of course, Canadian government paid all my medical fees, but we still got the bills from the U S hospital. Right. So they still sent us the bills, but we just, we literally took those bills and said here, Canadian government. Thank you very much. I couldn't believe it. Drew, We saw the bills for the twins to have because they were both in NICU for uh, seven days as well because they were born premature. The cost of our twins was uh, $300,000. Oh,
0: yeah. That's entirely reasonable.
1: We saw that. Our hearts were in our throats and we're like, wow. And that lasted about 30 seconds before we just said, here you go, Canadian government. And we moved on with our life. (laughs)
0: It's numbers on a page, my man, numbers on a page. I have some friends that work in local and uh, in government down here. They always laugh at it as well because sometimes when those things are taken care of, you do want to see the bill and you do want to laugh it at
1: it. It's, it's <laughs> insane and it's just insane. At the end of the day, we don't see that in Canada. Nobody gets that bill. So you do have to – so then let me rephrase that. Now I could be – because I've been in the military for 17 years now. So I've had my I've had my medical my family's medical has been covered for 17 years without us paying anything which is one of the advantages of being a military member, you get dental, medical for the family. But that being said, my understanding is you still have to pay or apply for insurance, so if you, you have to tell the government, this is what I'm making. Yeah, you have to say, this is what I'm making. And the government will say, okay, well, according to what you're making, this is what you're going to pay. You have to claim that. It's like car insurance. If you don't have, it, it's going to cost you a lot. Sure. Yeah. So that's my understanding. So you still have to say, you have to have a card, you have to have a number saying, this is my health insurance, this is what it's covering. But in order to get that yet, yeah, you have to claim your taxes and stuff and show what you, you can't, it's not automatic in the sense of you still have to do something to make yourself part of the public program.
0: It sounds like you guys have it figured out better than we do.
1: I don't know why you guys can't figure this out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Green, That was our Hillary Clinton episode as well. Yeah.
1: yeah. If you want to go back, listen to about money and power, go back to Hillary. Okay. Do you want to run over the top 10?
0: So number 10 here would be Carla. Carla, the twerker. Then there would be number nine. That would be Monica. Monica, the lesbian. It would be Nicholas Goddard, the porn star okay seven would be allison allison was the substitute art teacher that talked about vaginas number six would be victoria victoria the russian teacher that is now the plus size bikini model she uh got a jump on that career though and that's why she was let go john maxwell in omaha cleaned up the mercury maybe maybe not as well as he could have michelle michelle put out a fire but she had to leave the room to do it. (laughs) Diane gave her students 0% when they did zero work. That's a no-no. Terry, Terry just got pregnant before she was married. There's Jennifer. Jennifer, who took her students to the hospital on multiple occasions, these egregious acts of being a good Samaritan. Those would be the 10 that we went through. Do you want to give your worst first?
1: Sure. Yeah, so this was a tough one because there's a few that I, I have a bleeding heart. I don't really care about the bikini or the twerking, meaning, like, okay, let's maybe you're not acting very teacher-like. Substitute teacher, I don't really have a bleeding heart for either. She probably just, it's silly, don't get me wrong, but the one that I thought was the most egregious, the one that I think is the worst, and speaking as a parent of young children myself, just the idea that this woman who <laughs> protected the children and was able to eliminate the fire she put her life in front of the children's lives and was able to handle the situation without hurting the children, so she was able to think on her feet. Sometimes we have to, quote-unquote, break the rules, think outside the box, which were given to literally put out a fire. Yeah, the fact that she was fired from this boss who says, I quote, I fired her only because she left her room. It's not acceptable. This guy is a jerk. I think Michelle Hammack for putting out the fire is the most the most terrible reason for being fired out of this list. It's the worst.
0: And It's exactly what you would point it as. It was a response to an emergency situation. This wasn't a woman who stepped outside the office to take a cell phone call. She smelled smoke. She knew that she could handle it. From all recollections here, she did handle it. And then in the course of reporting it, and again, dealing with the insurance companies or dealing with the authorities that want to ask certain questions about certain things, well, one of the questions would be like, while you were putting out the fire, were you also watching the children? The answer to that had to be no, but only because of the emergency. Yeah, that's the unfortunate thing here. And these are all employment issues where sometimes you have to say, This is not a person you wanted to be working for in the first place, right? So this would be one of those, uh, (laughs) if he's going to fire me because of a technicality like this. My worst, Jennifer, that took the students to the hospital and paid for the things. I do not understand what might have been the issue. She might have been stepping on some parents' toes, but... It only occurs to me that she would have been doing that because she realized that maybe they were parents that had drug dependency issues. Maybe they were parents that had alcohol dependency issues, or maybe they were just outright poor. In certain areas of the world, that is the problem. She took it upon herself to help people that needed to be helped. And if she stepped outside the bounds of her employment agreement... I think that she deserved the outpouring of social media, the support that she got afterwards. That's the worst reason to fire somebody, for being a better person than you hired them for.
1: Great. I I like it, and I like your reasons. And that was my – if I had to pick a tie, that would have been – yeah. I mean, those were the two, but I just – I lean towards more just those poor young children just being – oh, it just scares me to death what could have happened to them. But I think the only thing – the tipping point for me was that this – the one that you picked, she was helping older kids. If that makes sense, okay. and I was just leaning towards my uh, the younger child scenario, so but both job well done on those on those individuals, and I hope they have bounced back in their personal lives
0: in these days, if you can get that sort of a social media a support, and I think that these more recent stories that we're reading, you've heard about them. These are stories where you know somebody winds up getting a GoFundMe or something like that out of this because they've been treated objectively unfairly.
1: Awesome. Well, there you go. That was a fun episode.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed it. We were just talking about absurd things, and even though you can understand some the reasons behind them, it's still a wild world that we live in, isn't it, Ryan?
1: It is. And remember, in front of every silver lining in this world, there's a cloud, and we're here to help you find it. Thanks, Drew. Thanks for coming on and uh, being on uh, guest host on today's episode. And I would love to have you back on if the subject is such that you would like to join the discussion.
0: We'll find something to talk about.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Drew. Appreciate it. You have a good night. Take care,
0: brother.